Now we read from Romans chapter 13, verse 8, and Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 39. Please stand if you're able. Let no doubt remain in out, outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I'm going to conduct a test right now. Can you tell me what word offered up by Christians is the highest praise that we can give to God? I'm sorry? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you know that? Did you know that when we say hallelujah, hallelujah, we're offering up the highest praise to God? Wow. Uh, thank you, Katie, and thank you, Benjamin and Rosie, for that special music. For a few moments on today, I want to preach from the topic, Dress for the Times. Dress for the Times. I don't know about you, but if ever there was a need for followers of Jesus Christ, not members of the church, I'm making a distinction here, right? Followers of Jesus Christ, if ever there was a time for us to make sure that we are dressed properly, now is the time. And by now, you know that I am not talking about the clothes that you can purchase by going to your favorite clothing store. No, when I speak of dress for the times, beloved, I'm talking about the spiritual dress that we as the community of faith must be clothed in in order for us to be the community of faith that Jesus Christ is calling us to be in the 21st century. Please pray with me. Loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart be pleasing to you. Oh God, truly, you are our strength and you are our redeemer. Amen. Amen. I want to, let me just share with you that I have a worship design team and uh, we met uh, probably a month or so ago and, and I just asked a question. So um, is there a particular text that you would like for me to preach from? And one of our worship design team members gave us uh, three texts, um, Colossians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 4, and, and uh, Romans chapter 13, which is one verse, verse 8. And, um, and then I decided to add Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 49. So let me begin by sharing with you, if we are to dress for these times, there are just certain things we need to remember first and foremost, and that is that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. When the writer of the book to the Colossians penned, his letter, he was dealing with heresies that had taken place within the life of the church. You see, these heresies stated that Jesus Christ really was not who Jesus Christ was declared to be. They tried to remove the divine glory from Jesus Christ. They wanted to limit 
who Jesus Christ from a theological perspective. They wanted to give Jesus, I would suggest to you, um, a number two ranking as, number, as opposed to being number one. Heresies, beloved, are alive and well in this culture on today. What are you hearing about Jesus Christ? Are you hearing that Jesus Christ is fully God, fully human? Are you hearing that Jesus Christ is the second person of the Trinity? Are you hearing that Jesus Christ is the head of the church? What are you hearing about Jesus Christ? To be dressed for the times, we need to be very clear about who Jesus Christ is to us as a community of faith and also to us individually. And by the way, because Jesus Christ died for our sins and the sins of humanity, because Jesus Christ ushered in this ministry of reconciliation, then we need to make sure that Jesus Christ takes the number one place in our lives. Families are great. Children are wonderful. Jesus Christ is to be number one in our lives. And so the writer of uh, the book of Colossians reminds the individuals that it is important to make sure that Jesus Christ's divine glory is in place. And I would just share this with you. When we have Jesus Christ in the proper perspective, in the correct role in the life of the church, then we can better understand who we are called to be as the church of Jesus Christ, as the body of Jesus Christ. These texts, Colossians, Ephesians, Matthew, and even Romans, they're talking to the community of faith. I know we like to read the text, and when we see you, we think it's something really personal. It's about just me and mine. No, these texts, are directed to the churches that have claimed Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. And so when we focus on Jesus Christ as the head of the church, then we have to understand and we will understand who we're called to be as the body of Jesus Christ. And what we know from these texts, and if you want to look at Ephesians, then we know that we're called to be mature followers of Jesus Christ. Let me just say something to you very quickly. This is a sidebar. I'm going to move on. If you want to test whether or not you're growing as a follower of Jesus Christ, if you want to test whether or not you are maturing as a follower of Jesus Christ, let me just ask you this question. So what are your personal preferences? And do your personal preferences regarding a follower of Jesus Christ get in the way of the church being the church of Jesus Christ? Let me just give you one example. If your personal preference is that we sing only certain kinds of music, and if we don't sing certain kinds of music, then we're not really singing to the Lord, I would suggest to you that your personal preference is getting in the way of the church being the church of Jesus Christ. Pastor, why would you say that? I'm so glad you asked. Because you see, beloved, when I look across this sanctuary today, I know that we all speak different languages when it comes to worshiping God. I know that for some of us, the traditional hymn, that's, why, that's how I speak to God. I can understand who God is as I sing hymns. 
Glory be to God. And then there are others who are saying, I don't quite understand the hymns. I just, I just don't get it. But when, but, but when praise music or contemporary music is sung, oh, I understand who God is and I understand God's relationship to me. I would suggest to you that we're called to be uh, a multi-singing congregation. And if you don't like hymns, just keep worshiping God during the service because I'm pretty sure a contemporary song will be sung. And if you don't like contemporary songs, I would suggest to you just wait, just wait, because a hymnal, a hymn, will be sung. The church of Jesus Christ is called to be mature. We're called to grow in our faith. And when we grow in our faith, as we mature, as we lay aside preferred preferences that have nothing to do with who Jesus Christ is and the work of the church. When we lay aside that that gets in the way of other people being able to see the awesome living Jesus Christ, we will not only continue to grow in maturity, but as the writer of Ephesians reminds us, there will be a spirit of unity taking place within the church. So he, he calls us in Ephesians, he says, be, be humble and, and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Let's face it, none of us, we haven't arrived. Isn't that good news to know that all of us are on this journey of growth called discipleship? Isn't it good to know that we're all growing in the area of discipleship and we have not arrived yet? And so when I mess up, I know that within a church that is striving to be the church of Jesus Christ, I will experience grace. And when you mess up, you will know, may you know, that you are a part of a community of faith that will not talk about you, that will not demean what you have done? No, but they too will offer you grace. Maturity breeds unity. And when we exemplify that maturity that will breed unity, then we have the assurance of knowing that we will be able, as folk who are fully dressed for the times, to love not only one another, but we'll also be able to love the other. To dress for the times reminds us, as the body of Jesus Christ, that we truly are to love, not like the world loves, but we're to love the way Jesus Christ has demonstrated by his life and also through his teachings. And so I want to conclude with Matthew 
chapter 22, verses 36 through 39. It's, it's easy, it's easy to love God, isn't it? It's easy. I have my devotional times that demonstrates my love for God. I, I pray that demonstrates my love for God. But when I look at this Matthean text, what it says to me, I cannot love God and ignore my neighbor. I must love God and I must love my neighbor. So there is this horizontal relationship as well as this vertical relationship. And I will tell you on this day, September 10th, if ever there was a time for us to make sure that we are dressed for the times, it is now because there are people who will have you to think you can love God and love those who look like you, talk like you, act like you, those who are part of your tribe, those who are part of your clan, and you can ignore not only that but demean and dehumanize everybody else. But the word of God, the word of God says, how can you love God whom you've not seen and hate your brother who you see every day? Matthew chapter 22 says, love God. Yes, that's the first commandment. Love God. That's that vertical relationship. But then Jesus goes on to say, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, and I want to thank um, uh, Sherry, for the children's moment today, uh, she didn't take us to the next level that I'm going to take us to. Because, see, Jesus was then asked by the Pharisees, okay, I get it. Love God. Love neighbor. So tell me, Jesus, who is my neighbor? And you remember the story. Jesus said, let me tell you a story about a Samaritan who saw a Jewish person beat up on the side of the road, left for dead, and the religious leaders walked past him because they were too busy going to church. And the religious leaders' helpers, the Levites, they were really too busy, and they ignored him as well. But this, the other, the one that people normally don't see, the one that people have dehumanized, the other saw him and took care of his needs. We must dress for the times, beloved, and right now we are living in a time when there are people who believe they can dehumanize, demonize people who are not like them, and yet those people are made in the image of God. Because we are all made in the image of God. We all demand, we all should experience respect. We all should be treated like people who are seen, people who are treated equally with others. I hope that you will stay for the town hall meeting today because in addition to our celebrating many things, we're going to continue to talk about what it looks like to dress for the times in the 21st century where there is such division and polarization in our culture. I am not surprised 
by the state of the culture. Because what I know is if the culture is messed up, then that's a clarion call for the church of Jesus Christ to stand up, be dressed for the times, and begin to address those matters and issues that concern and causes Jesus Christ to cry. When I was a child, I, I thought church was about going to church, having people sing songs, somebody passing out candy to the children, and saying goodbye, going home, come back the next Sunday. Because the Church of Jesus Christ is called to be countercultural, because the Church of Jesus Christ is the change agent in the world, because the Church of Jesus Christ, made up of individuals, is called to be in the world but not of the world, I have hope. I. I see the culture. I'm hearing the voices of the culture, and yet I have hope. I have hope because the mature church of Jesus Christ would not allow the culture to continue to destroy lives, to destroy people, to destroy groups. The church of Jesus Christ will live up to the call on our lives, and that is to be so dressed that when people see us, they will be seeing Jesus Christ. When they hear us, they will be hearing Jesus Christ. When they see our behavior, they will see the behavior of Jesus Christ. I have hope. I am thankful that I've been born to be a part of this generation. I'm thankful that you are alive. And I don't care how old or young you are. I'm thankful that you are alive and you are a part of this community of faith because we know.